This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Basketball coach Tim Welsh. Call the show at 401-737-1287. Southern New England Sports Original, 103.7. W-E-E-I. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Meter and the Coach on Southern New England Sports Original 103.7 WEEI. As you can probably tell, this is not the voice of John Meter Perel. My name is Scott Kredishi filling in from Meter. He's a bit under the weather, and I am joined by former Friars head coach Tim Welsh. Good morning, Tim. Scott, you're like Mariano Rivera. That's going to be your new nickname. Uh, <laughs> filling in yesterday, I was actually on the road. I was in Buffalo, New York, beautiful Buffalo, New York, I might add, and uh, returning from a game from Friday night, and I turned it on, and there you were at 7, there you were at 9, and here you are this morning at 7. Yeah, I mean, you're amazing. So I think what you you're know? really trying to say is Rhode Island's getting pretty sick of me this weekend. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. They're not sick of anything. They weren't sick of basketball yesterday. They were, they were amped up to – Sing a little Taylor Swift, uh, cheer on their friars. And, you know, I used to, one of my favorite shows growing up, Scott, uh, not that you care, was Superman. Uh, and I thought really it was, it was fantasy, you know, as I got older. But yesterday, as I watched the friar game, I saw that Superman still lives. Uh, I was just, I was taken aback by that performance by Devin Carter. I mean, uh, you know, I'm not saying I'm the professor of college basketball, but I do. I'm very fortunate. I do travel around the country and see uh, a lot of good teams and a lot of good players uh, covering mostly the Big 12, which is right now is probably 10 teams going to the NCAA tournament. And this player, Devin Carter, stands uh, far and above of anything I've seen this year. It's it's this guy. I mean, he continues to do it. I said it to Meter about three weeks ago. I think he's one of the top five to 10 players in the country. And maybe I was stretching a little bit when I said five, but when I watched what I saw yesterday in that game, and I know Georgetown's not great, but still it's a big East game. 
on the line, and he did what he did in the last two minutes of that game. That was pretty amazing. And all the basketball that you and I have seen, that was, I have to say, that was, that was, that was a top 10 moment from what I've seen in college basketball throughout my life. And uh, that was pretty, pretty, pretty special. Tim, it's so funny you bring his name up, and I'm going to bring this up in just a second. But before I do, let me say good morning to Joe Passarelli in our Worcester studio. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, Coach. No bad blood here as opposed to what went on in the amp yesterday afternoon. Yeah, we won't boo you, Joe, this morning, all right? Friar fans will not boo you this If morning. you do, at least say boo words. <laughs> uh, so, Tim, it's funny you bring up Devin Carter because I remember doing the show with you maybe a little bit more than a month ago, and I asked you the question, does his game translate to the next level? Is he an NBA prospect? And you said, yes, absolutely, I believe that he is. And, and I am now more convinced than ever that he is as well. And I'm going to make an analogy. Maybe it's an unfair analogy, but I'm going to tell you who he reminds me of. He reminds me of a Derek White. He does a little bit of everything. He's a kind of a gritty player. Whatever you need him to do, he will do. You want him to shoot the mid-range. You want him to shoot the three. You want him to take it to the rim. You want him to rebound. You want him to facilitate. Like, whatever you want him to do, he seems to be able to do that, and that's the type of season he's having. He kind of reminds me of Derek White. Good analogy, bad analogy. What do you think? Oh, I, you know, I was waiting to hear what you said because I was trying to think in my mind who he reminded me of, and I hadn't thought about that, but that's spot on. It really is. You know, long arms like Derek White. Derek, White, Derek White's like about 6'5", and Devin Carter, I think they list him at 6'3", but none of that matters. When you have long arms, you know, you play a lot bigger than your height. And that's what Carter does, and that's what Derek White does. And he he can wreck a game. He can really, you know, and, and from his position, that's that's pretty special. And the thing that he's done that I think will bring him to the next level and will also you can, you know, forecast what he's going to look like is that he's gotten better. He's got he's improved his jump shot now. He's he doesn't need all that time to get the jump shot off. Last year, he kind of had a set shot. He was a good shooter. He had nice form, and he had a little bit of a hitch too. And he shot kind of a, kind of a push shot. Now he's got a jump shot. And uh, if you don't guard him, he he'll knock it down. I think he's forty percent from three, so right around there. And um, you know the defense, the ability to create and finish in traffic, and then. Those two, uh, those two lob plays yesterday. Oh. <laughs> the first one was, you know, it reminded me, Scott, of, uh, you know, I know we're aging ourselves to our listeners, but it reminded me of when we coached Stevie Thompson at Syracuse. Just, yep. just throw it up there anywhere in the area, and he'll go get it and punch it home. And uh, you know, the the second one was over the head, and my son said to me, "Yeah, Giannis did that the other night," and I said, "Yeah, Giannis is seven feet tall," <laughs> and uh, I said. Devin Carter's six three and he's punching it back over his head on the run in a half court set. And, you know, it was just a it was really a fun performance. It really was. And and the other part of it with him that I like is that he's just it's all business. It's all business. You know, he plays with emotion, but it's it's perfect. It's perfect emotion. It's just about it's all about winning. And, you know, he, he'll make the pass. He's not selfish. He'll make the extra pass. I think he forced a shot late in the game at one point. You know, he was trying to do a little too much. But that's, you know, that's few and far between. Most of the time, he, he will give it up to the open man. And, you know, defensively, you saw what he did. I mean, late in the game with the steals. And, uh, yeah, I like his, his whole demeanor, everything. You can tell he's a 
coach's son, an ex-NBA player's son. He knows he knows what it what it's about. It's about winning the game and just playing and playing hard. It's and it wasn't about any of the other nonsense that went on yesterday outside of the court, you know, with the the whole thing with Ed and everything else. It was about going to win. And but you know, I think he might have had an extra little spike in his side yesterday too to, you know, for his ex-coach uh on the other sideline and that's all good that's all good and it was all part of the day yesterday which made it fun so that certainly was the big story yesterday it 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 almost overshadowed the game the return of ed cooley to providence since leaving to become the head coach of the georgetown hoyas who got some audio from uh the game and then ed's post-game comments first when ed cooley was introduced by public address announcer frank carpeno at the amp yesterday this is what it sounded like Tim, there you go. The Friar fans were ready for that moment, and they were in full throat to welcome Ed back to Providence in their own special way. Yeah, you know, I I watched the game from home, and uh, it really was, didn't seem like a to anything over the line. It's just fine. It was a lot of fun. I right. think that the students made it fun and uh, which was good. I think they had a Steve Napolillo and Kevin Kerbeck and Arthur Parks and the administration and Larry Laporte down at, at the amp, uh, I think did a good job in preparation for this because, you know, I, having said that, we obviously we talked about covering the big 12 and I wasn't at the game a few years ago, but when Chris Beard left, Texas Tech for Texas and came on his return. It was ugly. It was ugly. I, I talked to the announcers that were there and it was not handled appropriately. Uh, there wasn't enough security. The students were out of line. Uh, the students blocked the bus coming to the arena, not only for the game, but also for the shoot around as well. Uh, and uh, with throwing things at the bus and yelling things at the players and, and Chris Beard. So none of that went on, and I'm happy, very, very happy about that because we said this before on this show that the Providence College fans have a lot of class. They have great tradition. They built that place into, and Ed helped it, it helped build it. When he said yesterday was spot on, he did was a big part of what that atmosphere was about yesterday. And Scott, you and I know we we've, we've been in that building many nights where it's, the students didn't show up, but now yep. they show up. They put, they're terrific. It's a terrific home court. I mean, whether they're playing Villanova, Georgetown, or they're playing uh, whoever, you know, Wagner, it doesn't matter. They show up. And uh, that wasn't always the case. And, and they showed up, but with class. They had fun with it. You know, it's fine. It's their right to, to go out there and do what they did. But it was good. I don't think there was anything over the line. Not that I've heard. I wasn't there. But, it, you know, it was a great atmosphere. And a good day for Providence College, a good day for the Big East because the Big East has a lot of pride and tradition and you don't want to, you don't want to stain any of that. And, and I thought yesterday went well. Couldn't agree with you more. I w- that was the one thing I was concerned about. Would anybody cross the line? You never know when you mix alcohol with uh, emotion, you know, things can happen. But I thought for the most part, at least from what I saw on TV and all the social media clips that I watched yesterday, it seemed like, Friar fans, uh, they, they handled it well without crossing that proverbial line and, and, and really made it a great day and a great atmosphere. So after the game, Ed Cooley had some comments in his postgame press conference. First, let's listen to his opening statement as he took to the microphone. This looks like mass. 
right? Well, I needed Jesus today, right? Like mass. So, whew, it feels uh, a little emotional being in this room. Very emotional being in this room. And that was, a, that was a hell of a Big East game. That's what our league is all about. You don't look at records. You just look at how hard and young men play. That was an elite, elite college basketball game. And let's just talk about the elephant in the room. Let me tell you something. I could not be the Georgetown coach without the 12 incredible, incredible years that Brian Shanley, Bob Driscoll, the now president, Ken Sicard, gave me an opportunity to change my life and change lives of former players who graduated. I couldn't be more grateful and thankful to walk into this building and see how fresh and how thirsty and how great this place is. Being born here, being raised here, being the first African-American coach, and God bless Steve Napolillo and Ken Sicard for having another one. Providence College has one of the brightest young coaches in all of college basketball, along with two other young black coaches, and they will be too, like George Ravelin and John Thompson and Nolan Richardson, that we had an opportunity to say one day we can too, and Providence is brave enough to do that. So, Ed paying homage to, you know, his former employer and saying the right things. And, uh, you know, good for him for doing so. I mean, I I think for the most part he handled things the right way. What were your thoughts on that opening statement, Tim? Oh, it's, it's spot on. Listen, Ed's a good guy. We all know Ed. He and I have known each other for, oh, probably, I don't know, 30 years at least. So it's uh, Ed's, Ed's a good guy. He's a good soul. He's a good person. And, you know, we all we all have done things in life where we look back and say, maybe we should have done this differently. Yep. But listen, he, he didn't hurt anybody. <laughs> you know, uh, Providence College got a nice big uh, buyout check from Georgetown. So they were they were whole. They found a terrific coach, you know, at the first at the beginning, it stung. And uh, but I think we all move on in life. You have to move on. And he's moved on. And he's saying the right things. And I think, obviously, deep down, he appreciates his time here and understands. I think he understands the the vitriol of why it happened. And, you know, at at some point you say, wow, they they liked me, I guess, because they were mad that I left. You know, sometimes when people leave, they're saying, saying, get get out of here. You can't get out of here fast enough because we don't want you around anymore. And that wasn't the case. So I think when you go and sit back and think about those things, you say, okay, well, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I left a job once and I wasn't after when I left Iona to come here wasn't the same situation, of course, but still there was hurt feelings. There was hurt feelings amongst my players. You know, they, they were like, why are you leaving us? You know, we have a good team here. We've got 11 guys coming back after a 27 win season. Why are you leaving us? And so they were hurt. Their parents were hurt and I get it. I get it. It's part of the business. Uh, uh, coaches, uh, have a tough job. Administrators have a tough job. You know, coaches uh, have to watch out for themselves. They do. And, you know, whatever they're feeling inside, none of us know how they're, how they feel about their situation. And so that's fine. And, and I think the time has healed, especially with Kim English being here. Uh, that's, that's the big part of it too. It's like, wait, wait a minute. I mean, we had a great coach and great program and he built us to this 
spot. But now look what we have. <laughs> we have something something that's special as well. So we'll keep moving on, which means which means what? Which means our program is really good. And that's that's the bottom line. You know, when when you have a great program and you fill in with the next guy and he keeps it moving in that direction, then then all's well. And uh, the exciting thing for me as a college basketball fan is I look at Rick Pitino, what he's done already at St. John's and what he's going to do. We know that. And now you look at Ed with a just really nothing lineup. I mean, those, his talent level is, is, you know, not even close to be where it's going to be. You know, he, this league is going to be really fun. I mean, it's fun already, but it's going to be much better in the next year. Now, Georgetown's had a good recruiting class. Next year, they're going to be better. But by year three, they're going to be in the mix at the top with everybody else, all the other names we know. So that's that to me is makes it fun. And yesterday was great because his team came ready to play. He did a great job coaching. Uh, you know, I coached against Ed. I, I, I forgot all almost that I coached against him. His first year at Fairfield, he brought his Fairfield team into Providence, and we had a battle. We had, they weren't they weren't great. They weren't very good at all. But you know what? They played like they did yesterday. They played tough. They played hard nosed. They played physical. And uh, that's what they did yesterday. So good credit to them that they, he had his team ready to come into that environment. I wasn't sure they were going to be able to stand up in that environment, but they did. They really showed well. Uh, it, was, it was a good game. It was you a know, really it's funny. Uh, you were on the road uh, broadcasting for ESPN at Niagara. I was on the road with Brown up at Dartmouth, and Mike Martin and I were in complete agreement on this one, and that is we knew Ed Cooley would have his team ready for this game. And you you, you said it. I mean, his roster is is – extremely uh, void of talent, quite frankly, and he will build it up over time. But I knew he'd have this cast ready for this game, and I thought that they would play the Friars tough, and they did, and that, and that is a credit to Ed. He had them ready. Like the guy, <laughs> I don't know how well you know their roster, but like the guy, Jonathan Kayser, I mean, he looks like he pulled him off a bar stool, like at, at you know, Union Station. <laughs> I mean, oh man! But yeah, I, I no, knew Cooley would no ever doubt about it. I mean, you know, I watched a lot of their games in the beginning of the year just to kind of keep an eye on them and see how they're doing. And you know, they were they struggled to beat these in these bye games. They lost they lost a couple. I mean, they lost to Holy Cross early in the season. You know, and their Holy Cross at the bottom of the Patriot League. You know, they're they're just starting over themselves, and they lost to them at home. And yeah, you know, they've they've really you know the other night they just. I watched the Butler game. They just, they got destroyed at home by Butler. But, you know, they have their nights where he gets them ready and they make some shots and Epps can play. And, you know, everybody else kind of fills around them. And, uh, you know, they should have beat Xavier on the road. They had a 15-point lead in the second half, and they lost by one, 92-91. So, yeah, he's got them going. They're, they're playing in the right direction. He's got a good attitude. He's, he's invigorated the campus. You know, there's still a lot of work to do down there as far as getting, you know, creating a home court advantage was going to be difficult in that building down there. There's such a big building, you know, where the wizards play. Uh, but you know, he'll, he'll get them excited. And, you know, I think eventually they'll probably move to the new building where the wizards are going to go in Virginia. And, uh, you know, he's a, he's a positive, enthusiastic guy. And so he'll recruit well. And, and, uh, Kim's already recruiting very well too. So it just makes for really a, Great drama moving forward with the league being so good. 
Yeah, his greatest gift is his ability to motivate and, and you know, I mean, just to speak. I mean, he, he could talk a dog off a meat wagon, as I like to say, and that helps him on the recruiting trail, and that helps him motivate the young men that he coaches. He did make a couple of statements in his postgame press conference that uh, Friar fans reacted to on social media. We'll get to that on the other side of this break. Joe Passarelli will get you caught up to date with Trending Now, and then we'll come back with that Ed Cooley comment. If you want to join us this morning on Meter and the Coach, 401-777-1037 is the phone number. You can also reach us on the text line. That number is 37937. You're listening to Meter and the Coach. Scott Credici filling in for John Meter Perot with Tim Welsh here on 1037 WEEI. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.